You're listening to the really useful podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes. My name is Christian Corley from MakeUseOf.com, and with me this week is Ian Buckley, also from MakeUseOf.com. Ian Buckley, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. It's nice to be back, Christian. How's it going? Yeah, not bad. Thank you very much. Well, I think it's not bad. It's probably, I mean, it's a Monday morning. I'm feeling pretty perky, so I'm pretty much set up for the week, I think. I've had a big breakfast this morning as well. It's completely by the by. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thought that a good meal in the, uh, in the morning is uh, conducive to feeling decent? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that, I think I think opinion is probably split on that matter. But, That's true, actually. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll move away from the culinary delights of a full English breakfast and move towards the topic of this week's release for podcast, which by the title above this show, you will know, is about programming. And um, really, I think the whole idea of programming used to be kind of very, very niche. And then over the years, it's become more and more about something that maybe you feel you should be able to do more than you did say 20 years ago and these days i mean it's impossible to go to a web page without finding an advert suggesting you start a programming course or you know if you signed up to um linkedin you get told hey here's a programming course which you can do with our 30 pound or 30 dollars a month subscription service for lots of courses you go to uh, humble bundle here's some programming books go on and make use of.com and we've got programming courses um available uh, through third parties and it's kind of everywhere isn't it it's wild how much it's changed even in you know e even in the time since i've been kind of interested in computing and making stuff on computers um and uh and there's a good reason for it because the the, the amount of uh jobs that require code in one form or another is just has multiplied and continues to do so um but uh, I, I, at this point, I should I should mention, you know, like I, I am a, a primarily a, a journalist and someone that makes videos, but I have been programming and teaching other people to program for a, a good few years now. I guess I'm coming into my, uh, I've been teaching a little longer than I've been writing. So I guess I've been teaching people how to do basic coding uh, for about eight years. Um, and even in that time, it is wild how things have changed. Um, yeah. But uh as you say, one of the things that is crazy is just the sheer amount of uh, advertising you see everywhere for the, the one course that will make you a fantastic programmer in X amount of weeks. It is quite a phenomenon. So I suppose as we approach this week's uh, release for podcast, it, there is this kind of, it, there's a bit of a dichotomy going on between paid courses and free courses and free resources and paid resources. And, you know, because there's such a large amount of content, which is an awful word, but it does get used a lot material and training material and documents and cheat sheets and reference guides and all these things available whether they're free or whether they're budget discounted or they're premium courses they're all out there i'm going to throw this into the room are they not just kind of all the same whether you pay or not um, there's certainly an element of truth to the idea that whether you take a free course or a paid course that you will be getting similar content. Mm. Um, but, uh, as far as I'm concerned, and this is my opinion, but I do think it is an opinion that is shared by the bulk of people who are either working as programmers or are training people to be programmers. There are two sort of fundamental truths 
there, um, which is regardless of the different ways you can learn, um, if you want to learn to programming, almost every course will teach you by teaching you projects. You don't learn all of the syntax of a programming language. You learn how to make a simple um, program that uh, says, what is your age? And then you type your age and it says, you were born in this year. And the, the way of, you know, very simple program, but mm -hmm. learning how to do that will teach you more about programming than learning about um, how to input a string, how to print to the uh, page, how to compile programs for languages that require compilation, things like that. Um, so to say all of those courses are the same is fundamentally kind of true. I would say maybe there are some courses that are purely there just, just to try and teach things like syntax, but I would say that that's probably the worst way you could learn something because, uh, yeah, um, you're not going to remember it. Um, in, as a short answer to your question, as in a fundamental way, most courses are similar. There's just differences in quality. And when it comes to specific kinds of programming, there are some courses where um, probably some of the paid ones might have slightly better material, but that's... Even that's rare these days. There's so much good free stuff. Uh, many years ago, I set foot hmm. on the road to learning HTML. And it was like, it didn't make any sense to me whatsoever until I discovered the link between HTML and publishing, hmm. newspaper publishing and markup. And then it all fell into place. Is there a similar quote unquote in into programming is, is there a particular way in is there like a language that's more suitable for learners is there a technique is there something is there a hook that can get someone new to programming to just get just to have the pennies all drop at once there is um there's sort of two questions there because there, on, on the one hand just a language if I was to I always say the same thing if someone says what language is easiest for beginners if you've never coded before I always say Python because mm -hmm. it's a fully fledged very easy to uh, sorry a fully fledged very powerful language being used for so much stuff in the world right now but it has easier syntax and is kind of human readable um, but I always say that's only if you have an idea about something you might want to make because there's, there's a bunch of stuff you can make in Python. You can use it to, to run web servers. You can use it to make uh, just standalone programs on the computer. And you can use it to make games, although it's not perfectly suited for that. But in my case, back when I started learning to program, I didn't want to learn to program. I wanted to learn how to make games. Um, and so I didn't learn using... I, 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 what did I... I can't remember what my initial language I started with, but when I really started to get into coding and really started to understand it, it was because of the Unity game engine, and that's mm -hmm. actually C Sharp. Um, and for the longest time, I had no idea what, what I was doing. I didn't know I was coding in C Sharp. I was using the reference materials provided by Unity, which are in the C Sharp language, to make things happen on the screen. I wanted to make some simple games, and the things you learn in the pursuit of making a project is what sticks. Um, and as you said before, there's the link, you know, you looked at HTML, it was all absolute nonsense to you until you start looking at it from a publishing point of view and a, a well-formatted article on a screen is something that you understand and already understood. Um, and when you're trying to get to that point through learning code, you're far more likely to persist when it gets difficult. How old were you when you started with uh, programming? Um, I mean, I messed around with programming from a very young age because my dad was and is a hobby computer um, 
a computer enthusiast um, who went from a, a completely separate career to teaching himself computing into teaching computers. Um, so I messed around with it. But to be honest, I didn't in earnest get into coding until I was an adult mm -hmm. because my father teach code. So I just wanted to mess around with my guitar. Um, sure. It was sort of <laughs> sort of my rebellion was not learning to code at the time. <laughs> um, I, I I honestly can't remember the exact time it was uh, that I really started taking it seriously. But I do know that my I, I really started understanding code properly when I started uh, programming. Yeah, for, for the Unity game engine in C Sharp. Okay. No, so I'm, I don't know. I'm not sure quite how long that would go. That would have but been. in, oh, in oh, adulthood, ten years maybe, maybe right. longer. Right. I've launched a retro gaming site, and one of the mm. ideas I've got for it, it's called GamingRetro.co.uk. If you're interested, listener, one of the ideas I've got for it is to um, go back to some of my old computer books and magazines and do old-fashioned, just type them out like I used to in the old days. I'm pretty mm. sure I'm a better typist now. And it'd be interesting just to see how how they turn out. Some of them I did, some of them I didn't mm. do. Um, and I'm kind of interested in going back and seeing how they turn out, but also from the angle of being able to appreciate better what the code means and everything to get um, a better appreciation and understanding of it. That's kind of by the by, though. Um, but, yeah. but I'm talking about this from an adult point of view. And one of the things that we often see when um, this is kind of a social media thing. So if, if you're not a person who's on social media, you may not have seen this. But um, over the past, say, two years, various um, high-profile websites have either gone bust or they've um, sacked some of or all of their journalists. And mm -hmm. a common uh, retort or refrain from uh, people who say, well, maybe you should have produced better content was hashtag learn to code. Yeah. And you know, you, you said you were in adulthood when you learned to code. I was quite old when I learned HTML. And um, when, when I um, was first exposed to SQL, I was well into my 20s and into my 30s. And these, I coding is something that's kind of baked into school now, but it's, on, it's only a very low level. And mm -hmm. I wonder whether, I've always felt until recently that actually coding is something you should probably learn at school. But I mean, you, you've demonstrated in twofold that that's not the case. Mm. Which leads me to wonder, is learn to code good advice for someone who loses a job? Or, I mean, is there a particular person who's good at coding? Can anyone code? Is it like maths? Not so much in the counting, but is it, is it, are you more likely do you think to be good at coding if you're good at maths or are you more likely to be good at coding if you're just good at typing um there's certainly a lot of truth to the idea that if you have an understanding of maths um there are a lot of areas in coding not just game development i mean game development is the obvious one because you're working with vectors and especially if you're working in 3d there's a lot of uh un the understanding of the maths is sort of important even though a lot of it is done by game engines behind the scenes, it doesn't really matter whether you're talking about that or lots of other different uh, coding things. They require an understanding of maths. However, I would argue that most people who are great coders were not great mathematicians when they started and still aren't. They just mm. understand it from that context. Um, the idea of learn to code, um, I mean, uh, let's get one thing out of the way. Uh, when someone is in a position where they have just lost their job, just snidely telling them learn to code yeah. is not a, a great thing to do. I mean, I think everyone understands that. The way that advice is being given is not ideal. Um, however, the advice in and of itself, trying to kind of take it away from that, um, would be, I don't know. I, I am of the personal opinion 
that the things that you learn when you are on the process, uh, you know, on the road to learning to code um, are very useful skills. Um, I don't think I would be the same person I am now had I not learned to code. And that's not because I've made part of my career writing about programming and, um, and you know, uh, helping people learn about it. It's more because the idea of taking a, a, a problem breaking it down into small parts that needs to be solved in order for the greater problem to be solved, and then coming up with small module units of code, for example, that can fix those problems. And then the idea of, okay, how do you make each one of those small things? Yeah, it's, it's a way of thinking. Um, and I, I'd argue that that combined with the fact that there are such a large number of different kinds of jobs in coding available these days do, does make it relatively decent advice. I'd even argue it's good life advice, to be honest. I think learning the basics of code and all that kind of stuff is something that is useful to anyone that wants to change the way they think a bit. But then again, I am slightly biased. I've been trying to teach my children the importance of HTML. Uh, but it's not going too well at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I, out of all of the things that I would try and wow somebody with, I think HTML would be a difficult one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably right there. Um, <laughs> Now, it's very easy to go online and find something that's going to teach you how to do something. Uh, it might be an article, it might be a podcast, hello, it might be a video. On YouTube, there are many tutorials, for all sorts of topics from building characters in The Sims to drawing, drawing with a pencil, drawing with a graphics tablet, and for programming. Um, YouTube coding tutorials, uh, some will teach you as you go, some will uh, demonstrate it, how it works. Others, you can kind of code along, can't you? There's like code-alongs. Yeah. Are, are, are these worth the time? And is it anything you've ever done? It is, it is. In fact, I would argue that most of my early, um, well, not that early, I suppose, but when I moved on from C-Shop and I moved into things like Arduino and Raspberry Pi, I, I relied quite heavily on, on YouTube videos made by other people as well as kind of forum posts and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and more recently, um, uh, I spent um, a day just kind of really, even though I, I understand JavaScript and I can code in JavaScript, um, I had never really spent much time learning about different stacks and stuff. So I spent an entire day just following a, a, a free video. If I can find the link, I could even pass it over to you, Christian. Cool. Um, which was just one of those free no ads, like Java, uh, the, the Mern stack in seven hours, which is, uh, um, which is a, a, I'm not going into detail now. It's a full stack internet thing, basically. You can learn how to make a website from top to bottom in and out. Um, those videos are fantastic. A lot of them are uh, made in, a, again, a kind of project-based way. Even the ones that aren't can be great resources if you just want to know, for example, how arrays work. Um, and you can scrub through one of those uh, videos that kind of takes you through that in a minute or two so you can get it in your head. That's good. I would argue that the only thing that's bad with free YouTube videos is the similar problem to any free course that you can get online. Because as well as YouTube, by the way, there are a huge amount of free courses. Harvard put out free courses, MIT, edX, Microsoft and Google have their own free courses. There's some big heavy hitters in, in making free uh, uh, um, computer science and programming courses these days. The big thing it comes down to is personal accountability. If you are someone who can say, I am going to learn this thing, and you take the free resources to do so, you will learn it. Mm -hmm. um, 
I have never come across a paid course for something, apart from a couple of really esoteric, strange little things I've had to learn about for, for different jobs over the years. I've never really come across anything that a paid course does 100% better. What a paid course does is it reminds you that you paid however much money for this course. So if you do not show up and do the course, you are literally losing money. Yeah. Now, that's a powerful learning tool. Mm. Um, so I would argue that um, free YouTube courses are better than ever. In fact, there are some courses for free on YouTube that are the best in their class, and um, certainly some of the courses on machine learning. But the thing in and of itself is accountability. That's what you need to know. You, you need to know that you can do it. And if you can't, then paying for it is a good way to make sure that you will. I would love to see your YouTube recommendations based on that. Oh, man. I, it, my YouTube is an absolute mess. I had to install a tool to classify and put into different uh, branches and categories all of my different videos because I, I'm subscribed to literally hundreds of coding channels, and that's just programming and coding channels. Uh, the minute I'm sitting at, I don't know how, well over maybe 2,000 subscriptions across all different kinds of interests and wow. stuff. So they now have to be grouped into maker, coding, um, comedy, all that kind of stuff. Um, it is, if, anyone, if I have, ever have to go through it by hand, I think I'm just going to nuke that account and make a new one. <laughs> and we'll take a moment from our usual podcast proceedings to just remind you that the really useful podcast can be found pretty much anywhere you find podcasts so we're on apple podcasts we're on spotify we're on google podcasts we're hosted at transistor.fm so you can find us there as well we're also on youtube and of course on makeuseof.com now however you subscribe to the really useful podcast and listen to us it would be amazing if you could take a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts that will help us to find new listeners and take our podcast to ever greater heights. You'll find the link to our Apple Podcast page in the show notes. Thanks a lot. My own YouTube recommendations is a, like in a cacophony of unspeakable Minecraft videos. That's a YouTuber, <laughs> dear listener, not the, not the quality of the content. Although then again, Bob Mortimer, would I lie to you? And mm -hmm. um, hair metal, basically. That's not bad. That's well, not bad, man. <laughs> it's not productive, particularly. And you see, there's still a hell of a lot of Minecraft in my recommendations as well. But uh, because way back in the day, uh, kind of before they really took off, me and a mate had a channel. And so oh. uh, I, ever since then, it's just uh, dogged me and followed me. Oh, there's still a few Minecraft YouTubers I'll watch when I get spare time. It's just very rare I get spare time. I, I get a little bit annoyed by some of it because they do tend to, there's this whole kind of shtick where like they're, they're doing something and then something happens that they quote unquote weren't expecting because someone's like mm. played a trick on them or whatever. And that, that kind of like, so, um, tail chasing nonsense annoys me slightly, but Minecraft's a good topic for this, isn't it? Because Minecraft's a big kind of a great way for young people or gamers even, but it's kind of mainly aimed at uh, younger people to get into programming and to like to yes. hacking their games and tweaking things and using all the special tools and tricks that are in Minecraft. Yeah, there's a bunch of different ways Minecraft can be good for coding. So, I mean, there is there is things aimed at kids learning code. I mean, um, as, as uh, I know we've both covered uh, extensively in the past, 
um, the Minecraft Pi edition is based mm. around education yeah. um, and very easily hackable and moddable and all that kind of stuff. Um, but even within regular Minecraft, um, this is one of the things that I, I've been asked a number of times um, in various ways, um, is that if you don't have the education edition of Minecraft or you don't have a Raspberry Pi and you do want to, to kind of do some in-game stuff that requires a bit of coding, there are even mods for that. Like, for example, the uh, I think they're called... Now, I know the things are called turtles, but I can't remember the actual mod name. It might be computer craft. I'm not sure. But these are little boxes in games. They are blocks that are basically robots um, that you can program to do different things. And the language they talk is Lua. It's a real programming language. Um, and, you know, Lua, Lua is a, a really elegant scripting language. It's what a lot of people who are into the kind of what some would say the more hardcore languages like C and C++, when they need a, a, another language to to um, add, say, modding supports to something or uh, uh, some kind of thing that the user can change, they will use Lua because it's an easy-to-understand language that's quite powerful. And these little blocks in Minecraft run it themselves. Um, and again, this is this feeds exactly back into what I was talking about before. If you just picked up um, a, a book, well, I mean, uh, books are rare, although I do quite like learning from books. Um, <laughs> but if you, say, just looked at a YouTube video um, for learn Lua in X amount of hours, you might do it if you follow it. You might learn some of the syntax and you might know it. But if you've got this little block in Minecraft that speaks Lua and you want to convince it to do something, you already have a project and a problem to solve. And you're more likely to actually stick to it and then go to those YouTube videos and go to the website with all of the different uh, functions and things you can lose, use in Lua to find out how to do it. Um, it's something I'm really hammering home because I, I, I genuinely believe that the best way you can learn any kind of coding is um, start with a small project, break that small project down into tiny problems and solve those problems one by one. Um, I, I, just a complete aside, I literally have just finished up um, something that, I don't even really need because my phone can do it. I can just say, you know, I can just ask my phone to do it with voice commands. But I've just finished a command line tool, which if I type in uh, any uh, um, measurement in Imperial, it'll change it into metric. Okay. Um, not that hard to make, but just whatever command line I'm on on my computer, I can just type it and it'll work. Um, and that's a fantastic little starter project, you know. That's very cool. Just a silly little thing, really. I, I, it just occurred to me that I didn't uh, have a specific thing I was doing at the time. And in the little bits of spare time I'm getting at the minute, I wanted to keep myself sharp. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. C so sharp. Kind of a... It's a joke. It's a pun. But this was, in pure, this was in pure good old C. It's the language that I have neglected cool. over the years. So I'm filling in all the gaps uh, of the bits that I didn't really learn, having learned a much more higher level and easier languages to begin with. Now, there's a kind of um, a slightly negative foreboding sense to some of this because there are, I mean, there is a, there is a change taking place and it's been, you know, it's, it, this isn't a, a byproduct of 2020. This has been going on for a few years now whereby um, certain uh, jobs and services and tasks that with, uh, have been done by people are slowly moving towards computers and AI and robots and th this makes the whole topic of do i really need to be able to program this kind of gives it a different angle doesn't it there's a, there's a new take on this because in certain areas certain you know, employment fields and there possibly is a very massive need for you to for anyone who's involved in those to have an understanding at very least of programming there's obviously a, a like a, a way bigger conversation to be had about that which is probably slightly above 
the uh, level of this week's sure. podcast about automation and how that fits into society and um and the fact that you know some of the uh, some some of the automation that is coming will render certain jobs nominally useless in that they'd only continue doing it if they were actually decided to do so because financially it would make sense for machines to do it there's a lot there's a very deep hole of ethics and things there what i would perhaps argue not so much against that because that's very real but when it comes to this idea about needing to code or not i would say that most things these days are in a strange way designed to require less technical expertise to know and use so um yes there are people out there that need to know um incredibly complex and and uh, difficult ways of uh, manipulating data be that written text be that audio be that video and and do crazy things with it but those people are making tools that say for example allow you to green screen yourself on the fly using an app on your phone something that in the past would require a green screen mm-hmm. um, and lighting and video editing uh, information. There are machine learning tools out there now that can adequately green screen people. A- anyone that's used Zoom will also know that can just happen. And that's something that's something relatively new. That's something that wouldn't have been easy to do in the past as well. I would argue that you don't need to learn to, you, you don't need to know coding. You don't need to learn to. It's just something that is a, uh, an, it's something such a fundamental part of our life now that I feel like learning a little bit of it is going to sort of be a little bit more illuminating as to how things work. And also it is as much as people want to kind of say, oh, it's terrifying and you have to have so much to learn. Even beginner coding is fun. There is a real sense of achievement to it. And one of the things that I would argue if you are like me and when you try and say, for example, draw something with a pencil and it looks horrific, the amount of effort and time it would take for me to get from where I am now to actually drawing something I'm happy with is a long time. Whereas you only need to get a beginner program right once. And once you get it right, it works. And you have made that thing work. And you feel that rush of, I made that immediately. Now, of course, there's a caveat to that, which is as you get further along the line, things can break horribly and you're debugging for hours and you don't know what's wrong. Worry about that when you get to it. (laughs) Yeah, you don't need to learn to code. It's never been an easier time to interface with technology without needing to know anything about it. I mean, we all have absolute miracles of technology. Miracles, terrible word. We also have absolute pinnacles of technology in our pockets in the form of smartphones all the time. But learning a bit of code is kind of cool. You know, you could actually put your own stamp, your own app or whatever on your phone and be able to say, yeah, I made that. Nice feeling. You mentioned earlier about um, keeping sharp. And I think momentum is very important. You also mentioned um, drawing with a pencil. Now, I have let myself down over the past <laughs> we'll, we'll say 28 years or so since i left school with a gcse a grade in art and then went to college and basically flunked and flunked a lot of things and done very little art since and mm. you know i was there i was I, I mean i did half of my coursework on a computer on an archimedes which was virtually mm. unheard of then because we're talking like 19 1992 so you know people Mm. most people didn't do computer arts for um coursework in 1992 and you know since then i've done very little if any kind of artwork and you you know i would consider myself completely useless at it now even though clearly i'm not because i have a certificate which says i'm not and so it's important to keep your hand in isn't it you said you've been practicing your your c programming Mm -hmm. and it's just important to keep programming it's important to keep writing if you write it's important to take photographs if you 
photograph it's important to draw if you draw just to keep your hand in even if you're not working on a big project isn't it it absolutely is the two sides to it with uh, with me when it comes to, to programming is that I, I do have a few plates that are you know larger plates that i am spinning that i do dive into and try and do some work on from time to time most of which are personal projects because as i mentioned at the very head of the show i am an online journalist and video maker with a degree in music i'm not some computer science guy who um, went to college and got a PhD in it. That's a definite route you can take. And if and uh, you will, there's no better way to get a, a thorough understanding of the subject than really kind of diving into it that way. It's just not necessary. There are, uh, you'll, you'll find a lot of senior developers these days even are people who did not do any of that they taught themselves. The whole way project-based work works for me, at least, is that I do have a couple of larger projects I'm working on that I chip away at, but these smaller things are kind of interesting. Um, I, if I know I have, say, a, a, you know, just a few hours um, and I want to do something, but I don't necessarily want to dive into a, a big problem in a big project that I don't know what to do, I will try something like, okay, so how, how uh, you know, how quickly can I make something that resembles a game using Pygame, which is a Python library for making games? Well documented all over the internet, thousands of free YouTube videos, loads of online courses, everything like that. You could say to yourself, if all all I want to do is make it that, that matrix style letters falling down the screen rain, that is a small achievable problem and you break it down and you do it. That keeps you sharp, especially if you're doing it in more than one programming language. You know, again, going back to what we're talking about in Minecraft, if you already know a little bit of programming and you are wanting to sort of try and uh, expand on that just a little bit, try and make an incredibly simple mod in Minecraft. Um, there's, again, a bunch of tutorials that teach you how to do it. It does mean you'll have to program in Java, which is on the scale of nice programming language to, to horrifying, is definitely closer to the horrifying end. Some people would be angry at me for saying that. Um, but, um, but again, it's small achievable things. The beauty of it is once you have made a few smaller projects, maybe a couple of bigger ones, that's when, if you did want to, say, get a book, a big thick book on how everything there is to know about programming language, that's when you can go into the index and the glossary and kind of say, all right, last time I had to use uh, multidimensional arrays, I found it a real nightmare. Let's learn a bit more about the theory behind them. And by that point, you're invested. You're not just going to wander off and do something different because you haven't stuck to it and got the, the core thinking behind it. Projects are essential, but I would argue to anybody that um, if you are able to make yourself stick to the beginning um, and the, the first little bit of anything like that, probably Python for a real beginner because it is incredibly easy syntax to understand, um, you will get to a point where it is no longer difficult for you to actually be interested in it. Um, it just, yeah, it can, I, I remember how impenetrable it seemed at first. That really does get better, especially if you make it fun. So uh, we hit the wall for this week's really useful podcast. We've reached the end. We've looked at whether or not you should pay to learn programming, uh, what the best way into programming is, whether learn to code is good advice for anyone, whether they've lost a job or they've got a job, whether they're changing job or they've got a target job. Should you use YouTube coding tutorials? Should you use free coding tutorials? And do you really need to be able to program? Uh, in Buckley, do you have any finishing utterances to conclude our show just that if you are curious about coding you don't need to sign up to a crazy course and do all that kind of stuff by all means if you know you want to do it then the accountability is good but all you need is any device and the internet itself and the idea for making a small project you can even make uh, small programs on your smartphone um if you look if you kind of look for those videos there are lots of again youtube videos learn how to code on a smartphone I wouldn't advise it as such, but you can. 
The point is, if you want to, everything out there is there for free. Have a look, see if it appeals. Excellent. We will be back next time for another really useful podcast from makeusoft.com. Until then, take care, stay safe.